everybody. Look, I'm going to show off my shirt one more time. I'm going to say thank you all very much. Uh, just uh, love you guys. Thank you all very much for uh, calling us pastor. Thank you all for um, letting us be a part of your families and being a part of your life. And we're so grateful. I want to say thank you to Kevin Jacobs for helping us co-pastor and be here. I want to say thank you to my wife for helping us co-pastor. Uh, you're going to see more coming from her in this coming year as well. Uh, some of the stuff over the last several months and then we were away. I want to say thank y'all for allowing us to be gone last week as we went to the annual ministers conference uh, and some of the stuff uh, that we learned from there. As always, we're going to be unpacking uh, in the coming weeks as we talk uh, with you guys and share as a church family. But one of those things, not just from the week last week, but from the last few months is uh, Selena is going to be more and more stepping into her role as, as pastor as well. Isn't that right, dear? Yes. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. No, it's good. And that's something because uh, as we're entering into a, a new uh, stage, if you will, phase of our own lives as the kids are uh, more and more independent, it's been able to free Selena up for some more stuff. And so just be expecting... Uh, more stuff to come from her as well. So I want to say thank you to her for helping us, Pastor Kevin. I want to thank Kev, uh, Dusty and Heather Cornelius for starting the church with us now five years ago. Is that right? 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21. So yeah, so we're five years old uh, coming up. So that's pretty cool um, and stuff. So very, very, very grateful uh, for that. So just thank everybody that has made what we know as our church family, church home a success. We wanted to say thank you very much. Uh, and thank y'all. Thank you for the shirt. Thank you for the, the gift and the plants. But more than anything, uh, thank you for your hearts. Uh, and thank you for your trust um, and allowing us to be a part of your life. Um, and yeah, and just uh, all that kind of stuff. And yeah, we're excited. So we're excited about the days ahead. They're good. Uh, the days ahead are full. Uh, just continually, as always, be praying with us uh, for our church family. Uh, and for this reason, that more and more we're just walking after God's will, God's way. Right? Can y'all say that with me? Say God's will, God's, will. God's, way. God's way. And then more than ever in my ministry life, that is the true cry of my own personal heart. Is Lord, I just want to do your will. Your way, uh, I don't want to leave anything left on the table. Uh, I don't want to leave anything undone. I don't want to leave anything unsaid. Um, I don't want to leave anything unministered uh, and stuff as we come. So just excited. I'm just truly excited about the days ahead. Amen? Amen. So anyway, so we can go off of that. But go to Ephesians, if you will, uh, the second chapter. We're going to begin this week. And we're going to begin to talk uh, on living in the balance of grace and faith, right? So um, we'll uh, move forward. I still have one more message, but I'm going to, based on resource, uh, to finish up some of the stuff that we didn't quite get done. Uh, but over the week when I was away, uh, felt like God said it would be okay for me to just do that in a podcast so this week, uh, there'll be one more message I want to finish up as we end resource. Uh, but starting, starting today and moving on through uh, probably till we get closer to Christmas time, um, we're going to be talking about living in the balance of grace and faith. And then uh, probably once we get kind of into mid to late November, we're going to shift gears one last time uh, for the year. And we're going to talk about choosing joy, right? So just to kind of paint a little bit of a picture and some things and clarity that I got while I was uh, recuperating <laughs> at the minister's conference. And I did. I, I, I did. I mean, y'all can be praying for me. I, I slept all of two nights the whole week we were gone last week because I had some kind of weird sickness, then altitude, insomnia, apparently. So I literally, I slept last night for the first time and I slept about half the night before that. All the other nights, I literally, I was awake. I couldn't, as tired as I could be, and I was just sitting there, eyeballs all popped. So we had lots of time to pray, which is always, <laughs> lots of time to read and to, to meditate and stuff. Um, so just so you know where we're going in, in the balance of this year, just be praying that out, living in the balance of grace and faith, 
and then choosing joy. And then we're looking forward to a great 2023. Amen. Amen. But as we talk about the balance of grace and faith, this is a, this is a real hallmark message uh, for Selena and I. Uh, this is a hallmark message for what is life of faith. Uh, not just our campus here at the North Campus, but I'll, I know also at the Irondale Campus and with Pastor Mark. Uh, it's very interesting because, and just a little bit of a back history so you know. Um, so Selena and I, we lived in Canada for 10 years and we pastored churches there. Uh, and it was in our time in Canada that we bumped into the teachings of Andrew Womack. Anybody ever heard Andrew Womack before? Listen to him. If, if you've not really, I'm going to encourage you to do this for the balance of this, of this year. If you've never really listened much to Andrew, uh, go find him. He's easy to find. And, and begin to familiarize yourself with what he's teaching. Uh, just for this reason, it's a big vein of who we are as life of faith. So if you kind of want to know where we all kind of flow from, so to speak, um, that would be Andrew Womack's ministry. You know, this last minister's conference we went to was, we were debating, was it the fourth or the fifth? It was the fourth one. So that was the fourth time we were there. So if you ever wanted to know who our company is, right? Um, you know, the Bible says in the book of Acts that, when Peter and John were persecuted, they went to their own company, right? And there, so Andrew Womack, what is his ministry in Karis Bible College, that would be our company more than anywhere else. So if you kind of want to know where we're influenced from, uh, a lot of the teaching that influences us, it's Andrew Womack stuff, right? So ever how many now, 10, 15 years ago, we were in Canada, bumped in, and the very first book that I remember reading and then Bible study that we did was living in the balance of grace and faith. And it was really that teaching from Brother Andrew that helped bring a lot of clarity to Selena and I's life, uh, brought a, a, another depth of understanding in things. You've heard me say this before. Many times what we learn, it's not that it's incorrect. It's just really incomplete. And so I want to say that because, as y'all know, my history, again, we're so grateful that we got to go to Rama Bible Training Center, and that's where we were trained in all the years we were there with Brother Hagen. So very thankful for that. But there were some excesses that can happen, as always can. Uh, there's some excesses. Hey, guys, come on in. There are some excesses that can happen uh, in any teaching, in any doctrine, Right, And so there was a season where kind of the same thing where we were in word of faith, we were in faith circles, we were seeing stuff. But to be honest, we would look around at people's lives and, and you've heard me say this whole year talking about the gap, yeah. right? And we would see lots of gap, yeah. right? We would see lots of gap of, man, this is what I know the Bible says, mm -hmm. but man, everybody's not, not experiencing that. Right. Again, we can see healing, but man, I don't, why are we seeing healing? I mean, I can see it in the Bible, but I'm not seeing it over here. Or, or we can see God prospering us and blessing us, but why is everybody struggling paycheck to paycheck? Big, big one is, man, I can see that I'm, I'm free from my sin, but man, why am I living like a Britney Spears song? Y'all heard me say that, right? Oops, I did it again. You know, it's, it's, this cycle that can kind of keep coming around. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so it was what we're going to start talking about with living in the balance of grace and faith that helped me understand how to close my own gaps. Does that make sense? So this, so Ephesians chapter two, the Holy Spirit, help us with this, teach us and guide us, direct us in Jesus name. So I'm going to back up. We're going to start in verse 1, and I'm just going to read down through for a little bit. And it says here, Paul says, and you, everybody says me. me. So who's he talking to? Me. You. Everybody all right this morning? And you, Courtney, who's he talking to? He's talking to you, right? Now listen, and you, he made alive. Man, we need to stop right there. Yes. Listen to that. And you, yeah. and you, and you, he made alive. See, that's where it all begins. Life in Christ. Amen. And you, he made alive who were dead in your trespasses and sins, 
in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom you also once conducted yourselves in the lust of your flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the others. And then it says, but God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Right? If you want to underline that line right there, by grace, you have been saved. <coughs> Excuse me. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. If you want to underline that phrase in his kindness towards us in Christ. I can stop right here in verse seven as we're there. Did you realize that for the rest of time in the ages to come, right? He's going to show us more and more about his grace. Isn't that awesome? In the ages, so right now we are in the church age, but you know there's coming ages of God. There are coming ages of time, right? And for the rest of the ages that are ahead, God is going to continually show us about his grace. Amen. Because it says in verse 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And we're going to take verse 8 over these coming weeks as kind of our text. For by grace you have been saved through faith. So I'm going to just ask some questions because <clears throat> we're again a small group. So what saved you? Okay. Was that, a, was that all of it? Very good. Now listen to me. What saved you? Grace. And faith. faith. So what what saved you? Grace. Grace and faith. Right here in this one verse, Paul says, "For by grace you were saved through faith." Right. It's kind of like I, I don't remember the joke that was said. You know, it's kind of like you know which. Which wing is most important to the bird? The left wing or the right wing? How about both of them, right? I mean, <laughs> if you were to look at the, the bird and say, which wing would you like to, to lose and still be able to fly? And the bird would say, well, no, I, I need both. So guys, listen, we need both grace and faith to experience salvation. Grace and faith together are what saves us. See, many times what happens is, is, is we can hear people talk about, and it's, one, it's lopsided. There are certain people that it's just all grace. Grace, 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 to hyper, hyper grace, which is what we call the sovereignty of God. Right? Where it's just God is completely and utterly, it's just all grace, and we've just got nothing to do with it. Does that make sense? Well, no, no, no. Right? But then there's whole other camps that they're hyper faith. It's all about faith. Right? It's faith, 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 faith. And almost you listen to some of them, and it's almost like it's all now on you and how well you believe, and you best not believe poorly, or you can mess it up. Does that make sense? Yeah. But here Paul says the two components of salvation are by grace through faith. Amen. Amen. So by grace through faith you were saved. Now let's define our terms this morning for the sake of understanding what we're talking about. So now everybody has heard grace and I don't disagree with it. It's called the unmerited favor of God, which I would not disagree with. Probably before we're done, we're going to talk about, though, that grace has multiple aspects of empowerment. But we're going to get to that in a future message. But for now, I just want you to understand grace is simply 
everything God did for us because he wanted to. That's grace. Everything that God did for us simply because he loves us Mm -hmm. and he wanted to. Mm -hmm. That's grace. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. And faith is simply our positive response to grace. Mm -hmm. Y'all see that? So what is grace? Answer the question for me. What's grace? No, that's faith. So faith is what's grace? All that Jesus did for us because of his love. That's right. All that Jesus did, all that God did for us because God wanted to, we're going to call grace. Right? And what is faith? Our response to that. Right? Our, and I'm going to say our positive response. Listen to me. All doubt is You want to know what unbelief and doubt is? It's simply my negative response. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be key. Mm -hmm. All doubt, all unbelief is, is my negative response Mm -hmm. to what he did in grace. Well, I don't know. I don't think he did that. I don't know if he could do that. I I know he did it for Selena, but I'm not sure he'd do it for me or... See, all doubt and unbelief is is just simply a negative response to grace. Mm -hmm. And all faith is is a positive response to grace. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So here Paul says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Right now, we're going to talk about this. Everything that is of your salvation Right? Came because Jesus wanted to. Yes. Okay? Let's look at some stuff. Because I'm going to lay some foundation. Because I don't know if, uh, if y'all followed me on Facebook. Yeah, y'all follow me on Facebook? Man, I certainly, you know. Just so y'all know what I do. Facebook for me, just so you know. Facebook is the only way I have consistently been able to journal. Right? Selena's a great journaler person. And she writes stuff down and she puts it in books and she's done it for years. And we got whole shelves of her notebooks for all these years that she's done stuff. You know, I've tried and it's so funny. You find my journals, right? And you open up and there's a start off great on first page, right? And I get about half a page of the next page. And then I got a great rest of a blank notebook. So Facebook, so a lot of the stuff you see when I recorded on Facebook, it's just me recording stuff so that I'll remember, which always I say that because then I I share stuff. Like if y'all share, I shared some thoughts that a minister at the, at the conference shared and man, I surely didn't mean to start a whole bunch of stuff, right? (laughs) I surely, I surely didn't mean to start a whole hornet's nest worth of, of all kinds of stuff. All right. But man, have y'all been following? Do I now? I do it here, Miss Eloise says. Thank you, (laughs) Miss. But listen to me. Jim Baker, yeah. We listened to him. He was great. Uh, Awesome. For real. I'm just going to shameless plug. Go find his name is Jim Baker. Now, he's funny. He says, 1K and no Tammy Faye. That's how he defines (laughs) himself, right? And so he's not not Jim B-A-K-K-E-R. That's the other Jim Baker who went to prison. He's just simply Jim Baker 1K, right? Young looking felon stuff. And he's just got some great revelation on prosperity and some stuff. So I encourage you, go find him. I'm about to start reading his book this week uh, that a pastor friend of mine bought me. Uh, Just some really, really neat stuff all in line with what we've been sharing uh, through this whole summer. But the whole point of this exercise is, guys, listen to me. We have to come to a place where we persuade our hearts of the fullness of salvation. And we have to help as much as we're able, others receive that same fullness. Right? Because I, have, I've, I've, I don't know why this after 20 something years of ministry and why this still shocks me, but it still shocks me. When I run into people who they... They, they, and they don't mean to, and, I, and I'm trying to be just real nice because I don't want to be mean because I understand it. I get it. 
because of experience and different stuff like that. But listen to me. The fullness of salvation is truly astounding. What Jesus actually did for us at the cross, we've like barely scratched the surface. Right? And and, and what happens is, is we all have been, I love what Pastor Dusty used to call it, we all can suffer from our folk teaching. And he used to say, you know, folk te- teaching was simply that all that stuff your folks taught you <laughs> <laughs> that may not have been part of the gospel, right? It might have been what they grew up knowing, and it might have, again, been uh, as full as they understood, right? But many people, we suffer from folk teaching. We've just heard our folks talk about, well, this is what salvation is, and it kind of stops to hear does that mean, and then there's other stuff, yeah. right? Listen to me. I want us as a church family to, to, to pursue and come to understand, man, our salvation uh-huh. is amazing. Yes. And what it has encompassed in our life uh-huh. is probably, even for myself included, is bigger than I've ever let myself dare yes. to go there in my imagination, does that make sense? So, so go with me to, now we're going to look at this because this is all grace. Because remember what saves us? Grace and faith. Grace and faith. So I, as, I, as the coming weeks, if I say this and I say, hey, what saves us? Your answer is? Grace, and faith. grace through faith. Grace and faith are what save us. And what we do is we are learning how to live in that proverbial balance of grace and faith. <clears throat> I'm trying to get too sidetracked. Because again, right, there, there's one whole, you know, you've heard me say for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch, right? On the grace side, there's a ditch that can go all the way to things called universalism, which says, well, because of grace, everybody is already saved already, right? The, the, moment, you were, the moment you were born as a human, you were already saved, because of just this hyper, hyper grace. Well, that's, everybody, that's wrong. wrong. <laughs> and that's, that's false doctrine. That's error. That'll send people to hell. Right? Now, so just down from there is, though, the sovereignty of God. God is in control of everything. Nothing happens except God wants it to happen. Does that make sense? You know, well, if I'm walking through something, it must be because either God wanted it to happen or God, quote unquote, allowed it to happen. Right. And by his grace, the, 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 here I'm just also false doctrine, even though it's believed by a large raft of our brothers and sisters out there. Does that make sense again? But over here is hyper faith. Right, where everything is dependent on my effort. I gotta make sure I pray just right, I confess just right, I give just right, I do just right. Right? Because I can get over here now. Hyper hyper faith on that side is is I can lose my salvation at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Listen to me, also false doctrine. Yes. <laughs> is that, but what we're looking for is is what's this balance of grace and faith? Right? Well, it begins with understanding them everything that has been freely given to you by Christ. Right? So go to 2 Corinthians, please. And help me with this, Lord. And again, as we, as we move into this and in the coming weeks, if you've got questions, please feel free to just raise your hand. And we'll talk about it again when we get together on Thursdays. We're going to unpack this in more degree. So please bring your questions to Thursday nights. uh, And as we talk this out, because again, I understand these things may open up a bunch of cans of worms for folks, right? Because what do we, what do we do with all this, Brad? What are you saying, huh? Miss Eloise looking at me, said, Brad, don't open the worms, right? But look at this. Go in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse nine, uh, 16. Let's look at this. Let's start there. Therefore, 
Paul says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet we know him now no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Right now, is that you? Yes. So if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, look at verse 19. Here's the ministry of reconciliation. That is that it was was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, but has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now notice verse 21 and underline it. If you haven't already, (coughs) excuse me, got it underlined. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made or become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You'll see verse 21? Let's one more time. Let's, let's read it together, will you? For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Because listen to me, do you realize, here's the thing, this is, what, this is grace. Jesus did not just carry your sin away. Right? And I know we say that in the church world, and it's not that it's incorrect. Again, it's not that it's incorrect, but Paul gives us a deeper completeness. See, Jesus was made your sin. Yes. Have you thought about that before? So see, when Jesus was on the cross, he wasn't just carrying your sin. He was transformed into your sin. Does that Right, you've heard me say this over over the years, right? That's why Jesus didn't die for us; he died as us. See, he was made my sin; he was transformed into my sin. My sin nature became his nature in that moment. He took on my sinfulness. Because listen to me. Why is this important? He says, so that I could be made his righteousness. Wow, that's the good part. Do you see that? See, at, at the cross, there was a great transference of things that happened. Right? Jesus became what we were. So that we could become what he is. Wow, yeah. So see, he became sin so that we could become righteousness. Amen. Amen. Help us with. See, guys, that's grace. See, that's what we. That was the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? And it says, the one, him that knew no sin. See, it wasn't that Jesus was sinful. He was perfect. So the one who had no sin within him became our sin. So that we who were sinful could be freed from our sin and become his righteousness. Amen. 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 Y'all all right this morning? Yes. Let me ask you, how righteous are you? 100%. How righteous are you? Come on, listen to me. How, how, how right did he make you? Completely. Right, he said it earlier before. He, he said, hey, listen, if you're in Christ, 
Everything that was old before. What was old before? My old sin nature. My old, my old ways. My previous moral and spiritual condition was old, but now in Christ, I am a new creation. Y'all have heard me say this before, it's worth telling again because it just tells on me. Did y'all ever watch that TV show called Pimp My Ride? Did you ever? It was an old, when we lived in Canada, there was a TV show on and it was called Pimp My Ride. And it was one of those kind of restoration things where people would volunteer, like, you know, Selena, I'm just, you know, she could ride into the show and say, my husband has this little old Toyota pickup and it's all kind of needing some help. And, and they would work out this story and they would come and take my truck away, right? They'd find out about me and stuff. And normally... And normally they would do something like it would look like it got repoed or like somebody stole it in the middle of the night. And, and the poor person whose favorite, you know, old beater car is like, what happened to my car? I don't know what happened to my car. And, and meanwhile, they've got it and they're doing all this stuff to it and they're tricking it out and they're making it all nice and new. And at the end of the show, there's this big ta-da, you know, we pimped your ride, right? And that's what they would call it. And I remember watching that show thinking, man, I'm going to make it, I'm going to preach on that. That's why I thought, I'm going to preach on that. And I spent like a whole week. Right, and I'm like, because that's just like the gospel, you know. God takes our old busted self up, and He takes us and He tricks us out and He pimps our life, and that's what I was going to call the series. You know, God pimps my life, pimped my life, right? And how funny the Holy Spirit is. He let me get all the way like Friday. I started on Monday, so I'm like Friday. I'm about ready to wrap this up to preach it on Sunday for the first time, and the Holy Spirit says, uh, "You know, I didn't do that, right?" And I stopped, and I was like. Huh? He goes, you, you know, I've never done that to anybody. And he took me to this verse. He took me to the verse of, if you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. God says, see, I didn't take your old life and somehow just make it nicer. But it's still kind of your old life. Just nice. and cl- See, so many Christians, that's what they believe. God just took my old life and he somehow kind of cleaned up my old life and kind of highlighted some neat points in my life. And, and I, he says, no, I took your old life and I destroyed it. And I took it away. And I give you a whole new life. And that, that word new creation, it literally means I give you something that never existed before. This isn't you cleaned up and hopped up on the Holy Ghost. This is you brand new. Uh-huh. Yes. This, is, this is you like you've never known you. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Guys, come on. Does that make sense? See, that's grace. See, by grace, God transformed us into his righteousness. Because in grace, he took all of our sin and became our sin so that we could become his righteousness. Now, how many of you believe that? How many of you, that's, is anybody that's new? Now, here's the thing. How many of you think that's probably the most important part of salvation? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would we all agree? Yes. And I guess I would agree with you too. What we just said, this transformation from sinfulness into righteousness is the most important aspect of salvation. Yeah. Amen. It, it, it is the core. It is the heart. It is what matters most. However, I need you to understand, everything else, though, is tied to that. Does that make sense? We're going to look at this. Where did sickness come from? Well, it came from the enemy, but where did sickness come from? It came from sin. Would we agree with that? Uh, So back at creation in the garden, where did sickness come from back then? Not a trick question, I promise. The entrance of sin brought death. When Adam 
sinned and death came through one man's disobedience and death reigned, as Paul said in Romans, through one man's disobedience. See, sickness came from the entrance of sin. So when Jesus dealt with our sin problem, what did he also simultaneously deal with? Our sickness problem. All right, can we have somebody looking like a cow to Newgate here? Y'all all right? So do you see that in this one thing, and the reason why I say that is, is most people, I mean, again, you preach what I just preached, right, to people, and most people will go, amen, praise God. Amen. And they'll cry. I mean, and they should. And we should. And they'll cry and they'll sling snot. And they'll go, thank you, Jesus, for amazing grace. How sweet the sound, right, that saved a wretch like me. And everybody is all, oh, amen. I was, uh, you know. Yes. And we should. Please hear me. We should. Yes. But you turn around and tell them, same thing happened to their sickness. And those folks will fight you. Same folks that were just praising Jesus with you and talking about how awesome your message of righteousness is. Those same folks turn right around, knife you, hang on to their sickness. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that on that post. I didn't comment anything. Yeah. What person enjoys being in poverty? Like, have you ever been, you know, poor? Nobody likes that. Nobody likes to be poor. <coughs> Not at all. Are sick. But they will, but people again, like again, then you turn around and say, hey, and listen, and we're going to, where did poverty come from? The same place. Yeah, it came from the same sin. Yeah. Does that make sense? Now, listen to me, and I appreciate it, Miss Mary is mouth, and I agree, it came from the devil, and I agree. Hey, but listen, I need you to hear those. This is important. This is why this is important. See, sickness came from man's sin, right? Poverty and lack came from man's sin. That's where they came from. They are expressions of man's sinfulness. Again, that's just where you lose people before. Are you saying, are you saying mama died because she sinned? I don't know if she sinned, but it came from sin. So y'all please hear me. The issue. Of the issue. Not necessarily. Now here's the thing. Sometimes. Does that make sense? Sickness can come from your personal sin. I go out and do something stupid. And open myself up to some sinful stuff. Right. Then I'm, I might, does that make sense? I, again, I'm, this is always the, the, you know, if I go off and have some affair, then I could open myself up to sexually transmitted diseases. Well, where did that sickness come from if I did something like that? Well, it came from my personal sin. I chose to sin. I opened myself up to a sickness that, that was on me. Hello, I mean, I, I'm going to be real mean because nobody talks about this one. You know, I, I just can't get over my, uh, I know, appreciate all the donuts. This is just me picking on donuts. Okay, this is not, no, no, it's all good. But no, it's all good because I loved it. But hey, listen, you know, if, if I don't overcome my donut addiction and all I do is eat donuts all the time, donut, 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 donut. And then the doctor turns and says, well, Brad, you got diabetes now. Well, that probably came from my sin of gluttony. <laughs> does, does that make sense? And I should eat some bacon with them. Right? Balance. <laughs> this balance is a donut in each hand. No, but it's uh, no, I'm just teasing. But but is that, so so sometimes yes, we have to. Sometimes yes, sickness can come from a personal sin. It can. People don't want to talk about that, especially here. But we, no, nobody wants to talk about it because we don't want to own up to anything. Yes. Right. Responsibility. We don't want personal responsibility. It's easier to blame God. Yeah. He doesn't defend himself. That's exactly right. <laughs> Much easier to blame God who yeah. won't defend himself. Yeah. Right? We're just saying that preacher's crazy. Don't pay attention to <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but it all comes, here's the problem. But all sickness comes from 
sin. So now we understand. So when Jesus dealt with our sin, what did he simultaneously deal with? Our sickness. Just as much as, again, all poverty and lack come from sin. That one I think is a newer one to me. You know, like. Mm-hmm. It, it could be a new jump. But, we're, but listen to me, but this is what I'm saying. Remember, we're, ta- we're not getting off. This is the balance of grace and faith. Right? The most important part of this balance of grace and faith is the grace part. What Jesus did for us. Why? Because he loves us. Because he wanted to. It was his desire. His good pleasure. His willingness. Does that make sense? Yeah. He wanted to. See, that's grace. Right? He wanted to deliver us from our sin. He wanted to deliver us from sickness. He wanted to deliver us from poverty. Yes. He wanted to. Yeah. Amen. And faith is simply what? Our positive response. My positive response to what he did. Thank you. Right? But see, there are many, and I say that because we're going to, but just like as much doubt and unbelief is simply my negative response to what he did. There are many who have a positive response to praise God, the righteousness of God in Christ. He's freed me from my sin. Hallelujah. And guess what they get to experience when they respond positively to that? They live sin free. But those same people sometimes can go, but I'm not so sure about the healing thing. Like Alicia just said, and there's a lot of folks, we found a whole new raft of them just the other week, last week. Well, I'm definitely not sure about that poverty thing. Does that make sense? So go with me to 1 Peter. Because what I want to do this week is is lay some of this foundation of what did Jesus then give us in grace? Because if grace is everything he did, what is it? What did he do? We just looked at it. He made you 100% righteous. Yes. Yes. You can't get any more righteous than you are right now. Does that make sense? Hmm. Because even on that righteous side, right? You can't, it's not live holy so you can become righteous. It's righteous that's made us holy. It's because I am righteous, I can now live holy. Because I want to also make sure, because we get accused of that sometimes too, um, you know, because people call it greasy grace. Well, Brad, you're saying you're so free from your sin, right? You can go out and, and, and what do they call it? You can give people a license to sin. You ever heard somebody say that before? They give them a license. And, and I'll joke this, what one preacher said, well, people have been sinning without a license <laughs> for, <laughs> a long time. for a long time, right? <laughs> so I don't think they needed a license to sin. They've been doing just fine without it. But here I love what, Jim Andrews, who was here over the summer with us, I like what he has taught us over the years. He said, Brad, he says, people don't have greasy grace, they have greasy law. Mm-hmm. They got the laws of God they like to keep that make them feel good. And then they got their own whole set of, well, God doesn't mean about this one. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. <laughs> He's real serious about keeping us this law, but over here, oh, well, he wink, winks. No, well, no, that's just greasy. There's no such thing as greasy grace. There's only greasy law. What laws will I keep and what laws will I not keep? Yeah. Right? But see, what grace does, though, is grace empowers us to actually do what we could never do before, which is actually keep the law. See, that's a whole other side of grace that we'll, we'll probably talk about is the empowering side of grace. Mm-hmm. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So see, the empowering side of grace and our response to it, well, you can actually live sin-free in this life today. How cool is that? Now, I know y'all look at me. Does that make sense? Yes. Did you know you can keep all the commandments of God now because of grace? Yes. You can actually keep them all. 
does not go well with people. That does not go well with people. But that's just as equally as true. My positive response to grace, not only did it free me from my sin, it empowered me, as it says in Titus, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's let's get ahead of ourselves. Hold in in Peter. Go to Titus. Just to show you this. And Holy Ghost, help me with this. You go to Titus. Let me find Titus. Chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Hold on a second. I think, why did that read weird? It's because it's not Titus. Notice verse 11. Titus 2.11. If you want to understand, this is a great one to meditate on, right? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Right? So what brings salvation? The grace of God. God, Right? Teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from how much lawlessness? Every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works. Now look at this one passage here. Paul says, he says, it's the grace of God that brings salvation to all men. It has appeared and this grace teaches us two things. He says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and yes to godliness. Praise God. Yes. You see, so grace teaches us how to say yes and how to say no. See, before grace, we didn't have that. Before grace, when we were under our sin, as Paul said to the Romans, we were just a slave to our sin. That is where we could not, you've probably heard people, well, I just couldn't, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it, Mary. I couldn't help it. I just, it just I couldn't help myself. It's just, I couldn't help it. And that's right, that's because you had not had grace yet. Without grace, you can't help it. You're just a slave to sin. Yes. But when grace appears to you and you respond to grace through faith mm-hmm. and receive the grace of God, mm-hmm. then the grace of God moves into your life and grace says, hey, listen, don't do that, do this. Hallelujah. Say no to this, say yes to this. Praise God. That's why grace doesn't take away temptation. Right? I forgot, again, I'm trying to remember all the stuff that's happened to me recently as I've talked to stuff. And I've even shared this about the empowerment of grace is, is people get confused. Because I sit there and say, hey, listen, did you know you're sin free? And people are like, ah. Because what they think I'm saying is you'll never sin ever again. Like you're sin free, like there's no, and, and, and the Lord finally helped me with this. No, I didn't say you had an inability to sin. Right. You just don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Come on now. Y'all. Yes. It's kind of like, so let's go back to the garden in, in Genesis again. How perfect was Adam and Eve? Perfect. Were they perfect? Yes. Yeah, per- well, yeah, they were perfect, right? Did they have sin nature in them? No. No. No sin nature in them. So how did them suckers sin? Chose. Very good. So we have been returned back, if you will, like it was at the garden. It says in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 11, is, and let's just go there and I'm going to land the plane. We'll come back. Is this helping anybody? Miss Courtney, is this helping you at all? Good. I, I think of your generation, Miss Courtney, and, and your guys, y'all need to hear this. Yeah. 
so much. I mean, all of us need to hear it. But especially our younger generation who, who all kinds of stuff going on for y'all. You're free from all of that. Yeah. Amen. Does that make sense? But look at, go to Colossians chapter 2. See, this is all grace. And we're going to, talk, we're going to need to talk about this. Mm. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 11, it says, In him, in Jesus, you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ Jesus. Buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made you alive together with him, having forgiven you how many trespasses? All trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you, which was contrary to you. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities, powers, and he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Can I just sit back here? Never saw this before, just talking to you guys right now. Look, look at verse 15. You realize those principalities and powers are in direct context to sin? So he took, all, he took away the devil made me do it excuse too. Can I just be a little bit bold? He took away the, well, you know, Brad, I was just been under spiritual attack. Uh-oh. You know, and I just, I, I just, I've been having this reoccurring issue with this stuff because it's just the, the devil's attacking me. Well, well, according to this, Paul said, no, no, no. See, when, when you stepped into Christ, Right, You realize that when you accepted, when you positively responded to grace, Jesus reached into your spirit, grabbed a hold of the old sin nature, and like circumcision on a baby boy, he cut away the old sin nature. The Amplified Bible there says it with all of its passions and its lust, and he removed it from you as far as the east is from the west. Praise God. Uh-huh. Yes. So this reminds me of the talk we had one time. I said, is it the devil or is it me? You know, because I was going through some things. Yeah. And I was like, well, the devil has no power over me. He has no power. Mm-hmm. So there is, though, a, when we're trying to renew our mind, yeah. like about the imaginations and the finances, yeah. there can still be a struggle, though, but it's not a spiritual struggle, per se. It's that um, foundation in my core beliefs or something. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. But it is important because people do still struggle. Sure. But it's not really the devil, it's yourself. Yes, both. Well, here's the thing. It's like, so remember Peter said this about the devil. He is as a roaring lion, wandering about seeking whom he may devour. So the devil is still wandering around trying to see who will let him devour them. But here Jesus said, again, we just read it. He disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them in it. In direct connection to what we just read about the circumcision of your heart. See, before we received grace in Christ Jesus, I do believe, can I just, man, this is, is this all right? This is helpful. I know we got a little. See, before Jesus, we were susceptible to things like, quote unquote, generational curses. Yeah, absolutely. Before Jesus, does that make sense? Again, I'll just be as transparent as I now the little kids out of the room. I mean, I grew up, and my family lineage was a bunch of alcoholic, womanizing, sexual perverts. That was my heritage as all of us. When you look back over my family history, long line of it. Does that make sense? Before I really accepted grace, I struggled with that. Does that make sense? But when I understood what grace did <laughs> and what it freed me from, and, and how that he 
stripped away the power of all this old stuff that used to bind up my family. I'm not, I don't know. It's not mine. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Yes. He stopped the power of it, but you had to receive. Well, I had to just respond. Yeah. This, and, and I'm just going to go all hog, whole hog. We all just trying to hang on. Okay. Yeah. So I just, all I did was say, yes, Lord. Yeah. That's all I did. Is say, man, if someone was bold enough to tell me, Brandy, you realize you don't have to be bound by that no more? Yeah. Brandy, you realize Jesus took that away from you and your family? Brandy, you realize that at the cross, Jesus severed all connection between you and your history and your family and everything else, and the devil yeah. has no hold, right, place, position on you Ever again, as John said in 1 John chapter 5, verse 18, he said, those of us who have received it, the wicked one cannot touch you because you're mine. Yes, hallelujah. That's good for you. Come on. I mean, does that, and, and, and all I did was say, okay, yes. Yes, that's good. Man, I, I, I don't know if I'll get it. I, don't, I think I don't have to get it. I just, all I got to do yes. is go, yes. Yes. <laughs> Amen, okay. Yes. Yeah, I'll take that. Yes, sir. Thank you. Amen. Well, thank you. Again, it, 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 I love my nacho shirt. I really do. Did, did I have to preach real good for you to give it to me? Right? Did I know it was coming? What did I do? You said yes. I just said thank you. And then as quickly as I know how, I'll put it on. Does that make sense? See, see what you did was grace. What this is is faith. That's right. Good. That's all this. You, you did it because you loved us. Yeah. Because you wanted to bless us. Yeah. You wanted to say we're grateful. Does that make sense? And all I did was I put the shirt on. Yeah. yeah. So grace and faith. We live in this balance of understanding what he has done because he wanted to. Because it was his good pleasure to. Yes. Because he had the desire to. Yes. Does that make sense? And guys, can I just be bold enough to say, and again, and I will end here, is listen to me. We have to help people no longer despise the fullness of grace that was given unto them. Mm-hmm. Many of them, they don't realize that's what they're actually doing, but it's a despising Does that make sense? It's, I don't know how to. The understand? See, as we come, our salvation. Uh, my mother-in-law is real good at this. You got a family member in your in your family that they're the the multi-gift gift giver person. Y'all got one of those in your family? My mother-in-law is that way. You, you get a gift from my mother-in-law, and you get this. You get, normally get this box at Christmas. And you open it up, and it's got all kinds of other stuff in it. Yeah. So it's like one big old gift, but inside of it is all this other stuff, right? Every single one of them is wrapped. And all of them are wrapped. Yeah, you got to unwrap all of them, right? Because she loves Christmas wrapping paper. I mean, yeah. again, you can pick up my mother-in-law. She actually said in her will, when you bury me, I want you to line the casket with Christmas paper. That's, that's, that's her request, right? That's right. And stuff. So, and so that's there. So she she loves us. But listen to me, that's our salvation. See, inside of this thing that we call redemption is so much we've never unwrapped before. Most people are really good and eager to say, Yeah, I, I want that forgiveness piece. Give me that, give me that redemption piece. I want to be free from my sin. But they don't realize that they reject healing. <laughs> Sometimes it's outright rejection. Or, or like y'all you know, pick on the poor people on Facebook, you know, that were, you know, they reject. I mean, again, one of them is always my fifth grade teacher. Right? And 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 this was the last comment I read. I gotta find a way to nicely answer it this afternoon, you know, is is well, I just believe. That God only is going to do X. And you have to go, well, then that's all you'll get. But not because that's all he did. Mm-hmm. But see, what we want to do is say, 
Help me know how to say this. Lord, help me know how to say this. To, to all of us in our own way, if we don't sit there and say, okay, God, I believe you, I believe you did this. Yet in reality, he did this. so much more. But yet, for whatever reason, I stand back and I say, but I'm only going to take it to here. Yeah. It'd be like, again, how often y'all want me to wear this shirt? All the time. How, come on, how often y'all want me to wear this shirt? <laughs> every Sunday, Jordan says. Jordan says every Sunday. Right? How often y'all want me to wear this shirt? Once every couple months. Well, listen to me. Do you understand? This is the kind but what if I looked at you and said, you know, I, I'll give you once a year. Pull it back out next year. D does that make sense? But you, you like my shirt? Thank you very much, Jordan. I love my shirt. But, it, but, does, that, but, but does that make sense? So, so see, many times we don't mean to. And a lot of it is done with the greatest of sincerity, and I realize it. A lot of it is done in the wrestle of, Lord, I'm, I'm trying to navigate the gap. I'm trying to understand what's going on. It, but what we have to do is, is, but God, if I can see here what your great grace has supplied, I, I'm not, I'm not going to diminish the greatness of your grace. Does, it, does that make sense? I'm not going to sit there and uh, I was listening to this like again as I didn't sleep a whole lot this week and I was listening to some stuff and and I, and I was listening to Brother Keith Moore and he had a great message and I'm trying to find a way to fit it in and all this stuff but he talked about you know the, the greatest challenge of our faith is the whole challenge of why when we don't know yeah that truly is, and I agree with that, truly is the greatest of all the things that would challenge what we believe is when we enter into something that I don't get. That I look at, I go, I don't understand. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, ah. And there's a, a frustration of the why. But guys, listen to me. How do we overcome the, that frustration is we don't diminish the greatness of what was done. That's right. Amen. Does that make sense? We cannot begin, as so many do, by saying, okay, well, God must have some kind of reason. There must be some kind of, and, and again, those are some of the most dangerous words I've heard of, of late. Well, there must be a reason for this. God must have a plan that I don't see. God, no, 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 I think it's okay to say, I don't get it. I don't know why. I don't understand. But I'm not going to put anything else off on him. And say, it must be because you. Come on, if I can be bold enough in my wife, I'm going to be trying to be kind and bold. What arrogance would I have? If I doubted the one who gave great grace. Yes. And I said to him, you must mean something different. You must intend something different. You must have. And, and, I'm, and that's you. Better for me to stick with just Brad. Yeah. Well, Brad, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't get it right now. But what I do know, man, is his grace. Right? What he did for me at the cross. Right? He took all my sin. He took all my sickness. He took all my poverty. He took all of what was that. He is awesome. Yes. He is perfect. He is amazing. Does that make sense? He. He is wonderful. His grace is way more than I know. His gift is bigger than I understand. Y'all see? And we live in this balance. Right? 
But, but I want to help us as a church. Because listen, how great is our salvation? As we unpack it in the coming weeks, I want to say it's bigger than we've ever imagined. Yes. Uh, we just read a few verses here. And, and how many of his trespasses did he, of our trespasses did he take away? All. Oh, all of them. How much did he leave unforgiven? None. Right? How much of his righteousness did he give me? All. All. All of his righteousness he gave me. Amen. See that? And he did it because he wanted to. It was his good pleasure. It was his grace and mercy that did it. Amen. So Lord, we love you so much. So grateful for your word. Lord, help us unpack even more of it. Father, I pray, Lord, as you, as you showed me all through this week, Lord, I pray for us as a church family. Lord, I pray that you open the eyes of our heart. Lord, help us to see the fullness of your calling. Lord, help us to see the riches, plural, of your inheritance because we are saints. Lord God, help us see the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe that is equal to and likened to the same as the resurrecting power that you put in Jesus Christ when you raised him from the dead and not just raised him from the dead, but then seated him at your right hand in heavenly places far above. Everybody say far above. Hallelujah. Far above every principality, power, might, dominion, name that is named both in this age and the age to come. That we would see just how big your grace is. And Lord, that we would have the courage to say yes to it. In Jesus' name.